Phoebe Collins-James is a Jamaican-British artist, born in London and living in New York. Her practice is intentionally messy and sprawling, focused on how we live with getting bodied. Her work takes form in drawing, videos, sculpture, text and music, with a distinctly corporeal approach. She burdens ubiquitous materials with a process of symbolic layering, all in order to explore emotional connections to the politics and erotics of violence, language and fear. On this current residency at Wising, with last year's interesting Negro, Negro slash uh, Jamila Johnson Small, Phoebe will create a collaborative work embodied through a symbiotic relationship between dance, music and sculpture, asking what an anti-assimilationist pro- uh, practice might look and sound like in 2018. Move out of your way. I'm going to speak a bit about the project that me and Jamila are working on and we've been here for a few weeks already so I guess we kind of have a bit of a sense of what we thought we were going to do and what's actually been happening and how those two things might differ a bit. Um, So obviously John read my bio uh, so I guess my background comes more in the visual arts the breadth of what that means and Jamila is an artist whose background has been mainly in dance and performance or through dance and performance Um, yeah and so I guess where we come together is at a point of intention for our work um, and also an old friendship of over 15 years now um, and a combined intuition around the role of sound in our work and lives um, the project we're doing at Wising is based around a title of Sounds for Survival, Sound as Weapon. And to start with, I'm going to share some of our initial propositions for this work. So, our idea will be centred around a conceptual deconstruction of percussion as it functions instrumentally and also as a radical proposition to the various ways you could think about the power of striking an object. We will use the foundational logic of percussion to create our own instruments made of ceramics and other materials. They will be over and undersized, shifting in scale, tone, timber, and they will be oddly shaped to create new boundaries for our bodies to navigate in the sensory labour of their being played. We will use the recording studio to work on our original music production. It will act as a supplementary soundtrack for the performance or as a, co- as, or as a composition to be recreated or responded to live with new instruments. 
At this early stage, we imagine that we will record sounds, we we create in workshop sessions with musicians, we will invite to engage with our ideas and the percussive sculptures we create, and in the first instance, to share their knowledge, passion for percussion, and also to document and study their different and specific gestures gestures whilst playing. As research towards the construction and choreographic potential of our own instruments, all this alongside spoken word fragments of field recordings. We will consider our multidisciplinary genre disobedient practices as artists in the black British and Caribbean diaspora who use sound, sculpture and dance as primary modes in their work to create shifting images, intense atmospheres and different physical states. As artists, we create work that has an inherently disobedient intention, challenging binary perceptions of of how black people should behave and expectations put on black bodies to perform a spectacle, asking what an anti-assimilationist practice might look like, requiring the audience to both engage emotionally and conceptually, not separating the embodied experience from the intellectual processing. Lukumi, voodoo and spiritual figures like Anansi are summoned in our work as traditions to both uphold and evolve with, while contemporary traditions in Western music and dance are challenged in powerful and sonic movement-based discourse. Um, So I guess those were our original intentions. And in the last few weeks, we've been trying to work through these ideas. This involved a lot of late night chats in the farmhouse. It's interesting you talking about like Leah talking about kind of like the time spent on these residencies and what they might look like. And um, definitely for Jamila and I, it was uh, listening to our bodies, what we needed. Um, Some of our most fruitful conversations were when Jamila was in the bath at 2 a.m., Sorry, Will. And, um, and yeah, I was sitting on the floor and we were working through things. Um, and then some of the most more focused moments were inviting people to come, other artists, to come and work with us. We did an open call and it was fairly open in terms of the disciplines that the, the people could bring and mainly it was about an engagement with our ideas. Um, yeah. So, as well as working with the ceramic instruments I had made that included bells, textured orbs, and a version of a triangle, microphones balanced so that we had to crouch, reach, or bend to sing through them, and a lot of dancing. The This figure of a Nancy that we'd been thinking about previously came through in kind of movements around the studio, um, trying to, I guess, embody uh, embody the sort of idea and animal in the space. Um, something that also led from thinking about that was also thinking about this idea of a knowledge that is internal, um, which could also be like maybe a childhood knowledge or things that are learned through osmosis opposed to... Um, and institutional or book knowledge, even though books could be in the home, but like the different context books are in and what you get from them in the different contexts. Um, this was through Jamila talking about the fact that Anansi came to her as a childhood story, you know, and so it was something that's been in different contexts in her life. 
um, and yeah, and how I guess in terms of like not only anti-assimilation but kind of like what I would describe as maybe getting over the trauma of going to art school um, is thinking about like relocating and reprioritizing and privileging and valuing different knowledges that were maybe um, drummed into you that were not as important. Um, and that's also something that seems to come up for lots of the other artists who who were sort of somewhat differing in ages and moments when they've been in different institutions. Um, yeah. We spent a lot of time in the dark, listening to dub, trying to locate the pressure it resonated in our bodies. That required a little imagination too, as we were working with no sub. Um, but we concentrated on the micro-movements of our bodies and worked sound into our bodies using a practice of organ breathing, which is kind of something we did laying on the floor. And I guess it's the kind of sound that you make when you're like, ah, and trying to like push that sound, find different ways of moving our mouths and opening our throats to see how far, see if you could actually imagine your kidneys and sing into the kidneys. Um, and some people got further down than others. <laughs> Jamila was like in her toes somewhere, but yeah. Um, but it was an interesting process of, of both thinking about these ideas of both conceptually and physically. I think the word embodied is one that I feel like I probably use a lot and maybe lots of other people do too to describe how we get, how we ingest all of this, these ideas and pump them through us and then eventually make work. And so it was interesting to do that work that was actually very truly embodied. Um, so we lay in the dark listening to a recording by artist Rindon Johnson, who spoke about the skin as an organ and the hide being a skin without a body. Have I ever felt like a hide, a transformative switch between myself, my objects and subjects, the hide and the cloak. In between these more physical exercises, we did a lot of talking, and I'm now going to read some thoughts I had from these conversations. I need movement. I need to not know. Assimilation is formula. It is you asking a question and me having an answer that fits in neatly with the order of things, one that does not change. Is a person's practice the work? I'm thinking that there are potentials for the way we practice to be anti-assimilationist, but that the performance of the work will always involve some assimilation to the walls of the space it is held in, the conditions and demands of the people holding power, the dynamic of the audience and performer. Maybe it is best to consider anti-assimilation in the same way we do joy. I don't expect joy to be constant. It is a peak moment felt in multitude of ways, like food pushing through a gut or something, getting absorbed by the intestinal membrane along the way. I guess in this sense needs constant feeding action. However, perhaps it is possible for anti-assimilation to reach a critical mass, chaos, chorus, osmosis. 
I can imagine the performers laying on the floor doing the organ exercises, then monologues, and then peeling away to interact with other stations. Stations of these kind of points that we, in some of the exercise, kind of set out. So there was like um, a microphone on a bench, sort of like kind of high up. There was these sort of ceramic bells and orbs in one section. There was the projector that. Um, Jamila put on this really horrible uh, Emma Watson video, but anyone could come and turn it off, put something else on. We had sound recorders, just different things around the room. Um, I had like a string of uh, ball bearings that in my mind was a kind of like opened up cabasa or something, just let thread out. Um... Yeah, Red, I lost my chorus osmosis. Um, I can imagine the performers laying down on the floor. Thinking of levels, perhaps we could build slim body-sized platforms at differing heights for people to be laying on. Colonisation and decolonisation is simply a question of relative strength, Fanon said in Wretched of the Earth. I feel the tension of this relation, but I don't want to believe it is the only way because relative strength holds only death. Where can life grow from there, between the cracks? Unless it is about reconsidering strength, what strength could actually mean in this context, if it is not the strength of the gun, knife, rope that Fanon speaks of, then what could it be? I was left feeling tired but full from the workshop days. That did not feel like assimilation, but were it recorded, shared, translated into, it would have felt violent. So so what is there? Privacy, opacity. We are from anywhere. We cannot go back. There is no back and perhaps there is no future with us in this current flesh. What is there beyond holding or being filled with something else? Overflow, overwhelm, spilling, relative strength. So this is where we are at so far. We look forward to sharing more with you soon. Thank you.